0: These past weeks, we've been having some conversations about rekindling something in our lives, something in our spirit. We've really been asking God, would you rekindle within us the expectation that you will move with power yes. to do the miraculous in our lives, in our stories? Because I've just been taken over these last seasons that that because of the collective trauma that we've all walked through over the past 14 or so months, that we may have started to forget that Jesus isn't just our Savior someday. Like that one day, yes, okay, he's gonna get me from this earth into heaven. Jesus isn't just our Savior someday. Jesus is our Savior today, That's right. right now. Like, he, he is present, and his power, his miracle-working power is available to us right now in our situations. And I think the more that we get kind of beaten down in life, and we've all experienced a beatdown over the last year, that the more beaten down we are in life, the more... We need to cry out to the Lord, right? The tougher that we've had it, the more I mean, and we might just—we're tempted to just give up. We're tempted to say, "Well, I guess I'm just going to kick this down the road," and you know, I guess I'm going to keep like believing in Jesus, but but we stop having that that vibrant expectation that God, that you will show up right now in my story. And I believe that we need to pray prayers like this, crying out to the Lord, saying, Jesus, I don't want to mistakenly put my trust in anything other than who you truly are. I don't want to put my faith and my trust in some pared down, low octane, decaffeinated, version of Jesus. I want to like actually know you as you truly are. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, just as we've been singing and worshiping about, Jesus is Lord over all. And he is the all powerful one. That's who I want to have like rekindled in my spirit. And as we heard from Pastor Lisa last week in a great word, we found that this empowerment that comes to our lives, this rekindling of, of that God will do in our lives comes through God, the Holy Spirit, that he will send to us. Now, it was before returning to heaven that Jesus gathered his followers and said this. He said, and it's found in Acts 1, 5. Jesus said these words. He said, John, baptized with water. But guess what? In a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then as we keep reading what Jesus said, we get to just a few verses later in Acts 1.8, and he talks about this baptism of the Holy Spirit because Jesus says this, but you will receive Power, power, when the Holy Spirit comes on you. The word that Jesus used here for power, if you kind of like look it up, it's the word dunamis. Guess what? That's where we get our word dynamite from. You will receive power. You will receive dynamite power. Whoa. Pretty, pretty amazing. I mean, I think sometimes, like, we can view God like a little sparkler. Boop! You know? It's kind of like bright and shiny. Makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. That's good. Jesus ain't no sparkler. He ain't even a firecracker. Like boop! You know? No. He is dynamite in our soul. And the Holy Spirit's power is that dynamite, dunamis power. Now, I love when Paul was talking about this dunamis type of power in Second Corinthians 10.4 when he said that this is a divine power able to demolish strongholds. Whoa, like do you have a stronghold in your life? Like when I picture a stronghold, like I've been to some pretty amazing like dams, like these huge man-made structures, and it's kind of like a picture of a stronghold. Like it is holding back mighty rivers. Guess what? Guess what dynamite does to dams? Blows them up. If you have a stronghold in your life, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's some addiction you've had for 20 years. I don't care whether it is a spirit of alcoholism or drug addiction. I don't care whether it is profound anxiety or depression. I mean, I do care. But here's what I know. That God's dunamis power available through the Holy Spirit has the ability, this divine power, to demolish those things. And it is available Through the power of God, the Holy Spirit. And here's the good news. To those who were following Jesus, they were like, yes, thank you, Jesus, because we need dunamis power. You've told us that you're leaving, right? And Jesus is like, yeah, I'm out of of here. Right? I'm going back to the right hand of my Father. But I am sending the Holy Spirit in his baptizing work to empower you. So that was really good for them because they were like, whoa, without Jesus walking day by day, we're gonna need God with us. But here's, I think, even better news for you and me. It wasn't just for those first followers of Jesus that the promise of the Holy Spirit was for, it was for all of us who have put our trust in Jesus. And that's what we see right there as the story continues in Acts chapter two because what happens is the Holy Spirit is poured out just the way Jesus had promised. And so then this crowd begins to assemble trying to figure out in Jerusalem what in the heck is going on. And so the disciples now empowered by the Holy Spirit turn and begin ministering to this crowd and Peter stands up and I love what he says says here, because he talks about Jesus, he talks about like, hey, y'all know Jesus, this you know, miracle worker, and guess what? He was killed and you're responsible. <laughs> like you are complicit for the death of Jesus, but guess what? Don't worry about it. Because God raised him from the dead. But man, when, when these people, when this crowd heard that they were in part responsible for the death of Jesus, it broke their hearts, and then so we see what Peter uh, responded, and how, and how what what was going on in their hearts. We pick up the story in Acts two thirty-seven, and it says Peter's words, kind of about their responsibility for you know being part of the death of Jesus. It says it pierced their heart. Let us pause right there. Take take it away from the scripture on the screen. Come back right here, so I, I can look into the eyes of all those people online and in the courtyard. Listen, I I think that is so interesting that their hearts were pierced when they heard that they had some responsibility in the death of Jesus. Because before we will ever come to a place of repentance, our hearts need to be pierced. Like we need to recognize that my sin, my sinfulness, the things that I've done, whether they were in ignorance, and I just just didn't really know what I was even doing, I didn't know better at the time, or the many things that we have done that weren't in ignorance that were intentional. The lies we've told, the people we've cheated on, walking out the lust and the passions of our lives, all those things that were taking us away from God and doing the very opposite of how he instructed us to live our lives. We need our hearts broken by those things. Pierced, as it were. If we don't go through that piercing process, we will never come to the cross of Jesus saying, oh God, I need you and I need your forgiveness. And that's where a relationship with Jesus starts. Is having your our hearts pierced and broken. Okay, now let's go back to the scripture. Peter's words pierced their hearts. And I just feel right now, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just gonna come back to y'all. I believe that there are some here today that may need their hearts pierced. Like you you you've been acting out a role here over the past seasons, maybe years of your life, that like I'm kind of acting that I've got my life all together, but deep down, I know that I don't, and I've been living a lie. I've been, I've been living in ways that have broken the heart of God. Jesus, would you allow our hearts to be broken. Every one of us, myself included, Lord, where I have gotten it wrong, where I have lived my own way, God, would you pierce my heart like these people in Acts chapter two. Break our hearts that we might turn to you in Jesus' name. And may we find forgiveness and healing and restoration in you. So once again, Acts 2 37, Peter's words pierced their hearts. And they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? And Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. And that's what repentance is. It's not just saying, I'm sorry, it's turning to God from that place of sin and brokenness. All the ways that we were leaving. Repentance has to do with turning. Each of you must repent from your sins, turn to God, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And the next word is really important. Then, then, Okay, so after we've had our hearts pierced, we repent, we turn to God, and we say, forgive me, and we receive that forgiveness. We're baptized into his name. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise, do you see that word? This is a promise that is given to us, not just by Peter, this was the promise of the Lord from the Old Testament into the New Testament, and now articulated afresh to this crowd, then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children. Children you have got right now, and children that haven't even been born yet. Future generations. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those who are far away. That's us. All, say all, all. who have been called by the Lord our God. Yes. Friends, that is you and me. Yes. That is you and me. We are the ones who were far off. We're the children's 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 children of these original ones to who received that promise, but the promise is for you and for me. That the Holy Spirit would be poured out upon us. And I wanna ask, when we hear about this dunamis power, why would any of us want to live in our own power and strength? I think that it is like, here's here's just an example, I think living in our own power and strength is like trying to cut through a big old piece of lumber with a handsaw. And guess what, I know I'm not very sharp anyway in my life, so you know what, trying to cut with my life through the big stuff of life is like, oh my Lord, this is hard. Like, I may make a little bit of headway, but it's like, is this ever? Have you ever cut through a big piece of lumber with a handsaw? I've tried. I mean, I've done it a little bit. It's, it is really, really exhausting. <laughs> and many of us live our life like that. Even those of us who are believers, even those of us who have repented and come to forgiveness in Christ, we're still trying to do life like this. <laughs> Having the Holy Spirit in our life is like a friend showing up with a power saw. Yeah. Rave! Okay, next project. <laughs> what other strongholds do we need to demolish today? <laughs> Pastor Sergio did that for me just a few weeks ago. I had to rebuild a fence at my home and guess what? Sergio's got power tools. <laughs> yes! He was like the Holy Spirit coming to bring assistance because, you know what, I may have been able to muddle through that project, but it would have taken me so long, I would have been exhausted and it would not have been done as well. The Holy Spirit is like a friend who shows up with the power to demolish things that need to be demolished, to get done what needs to get done. Thank God for this gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus did not leave us alone, but he is with us through the presence, the person, of the Holy Spirit in our lives at all times. Now you, listen, you may be wondering, Okay, so I've given my life to the Lord. A lot of us in the room have done that already. Not everybody, but most of us, I think, probably would say, yeah, I've put my trust in Jesus. Didn't I receive, like, God into my life? In other words, isn't the Holy Spirit already in me because I have given my life already over to the Lord? And the answer is yes. So why would I need this baptism of the Holy Spirit that Jesus talked about. I mean, weren't those disciples that Jesus talked about and said, hey, the Holy Spirit is gonna come upon you? Didn't they already have the Holy Spirit in them? Yeah, Yeah, they did. They'd already put their trust in Jesus. They already had the Holy Spirit in them, but here is the difference between in and upon, because they're different words. I'm gonna give you another illustration. I have electricity in me. Like if I didn't have electrical impulses and electricity in my body right now, I would be dead, right, are you following? Like there's an electrical system, circuitry that God has wired into our bodies. I have electricity in me. But a couple of times in my life, I have also had electricity come upon me. And those are very different things. Now, I have, I have met people who have been struck by lightning and lived to tell about it. I'm not one of those people. But I have been shocked, like, significantly a couple of times in my life. And they are memorable experiences. Because when you're shocked, you feel the power come upon you. It's different than having the power already, that electricity, like, Within you, I have the power to sustain my life, to live. My heart is beating because of that electrical impulse that kicks in and tells my heart when to beat, but is different than having electricity come upon you. And that's what we see in Scripture. And that is what we were seeing Jesus explain to his early disciples. The Holy Spirit is in you, but he is going to come upon you in a different way than you've ever experienced. The baptism of the Holy Spirit in the lives of believers is for that empowerment. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be empowered. And we see this as we continue reading in the book of Acts, which we're not going to do this whole in-depth study in the book of Acts today, but it is so worth studying and reading because what we see is these very normal people who were following Jesus. I mean, a bunch of them, you know, probably, probably you know, were fishermen, right? They were out there just work-a-day tradesmen kind of people. We know Matthew, one of the followers of Jesus, was like an IRS agent. You know, just a normal dude working his job, not loved by many people, right? And, the, and then all the others who were like them, who, who came to become part of this tribe of Jesus followers, they were just normal folk like you and me. Yeah. Nothing uber special about their lives. But when they were empowered by the Holy Spirit, oh my gosh, we see God's power showing up and working through them in some crazy, beautiful ways, miraculous ways. I mean, they did stuff like they spoke in other tongues. Like, we see that repeatedly in the book of Acts. When the Holy Spirit came on, the people would just begin speaking in like a language that they did not already know. One that they did not understand, but it was this, heavenly, divine power coming out through their language. Yes. We see that they prophesied. Yes. Wow, like they began to state things and say things to others that they in themselves had no business knowing about, but were revealed to them by the Lord and they spoke it out and it transformed whole situations in people's lives and stories. We see that they healed the sick. Yep. Pretty Cool. They even cast out demons, like dark spiritual forces that they just kicked out in the name of Jesus. And they raised the dead. (laughs) Guess what they did? They did the stuff Jesus had been doing. And it should come really as no surprise to us. Why? Because they had the Holy Spirit in them And now they have this empowerment of the Holy Spirit, this baptizing work of the Holy Spirit come upon them. So of course they did the kinds of things that Jesus did. And guess what? He wants to do those things through you and me. Friends, this is exactly what we need in our lives. This upon work this baptizing work of the Holy Spirit. I I really believe that too many of us, too many believers, are living the way the Samaritans lived. It's like, what? Call me a Samaritan? I don't know, maybe. Because in Acts chapter eight, we come upon a group of believers who loved Jesus, didn't know anything about the baptizing work of the Holy Spirit. Let me just reference this really quick. It's in Acts 8, starting in verse 14. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people in Samaria had accepted God's message. Okay, they'd accepted it. They'd put their trust in Jesus. They were all excited, so they sent Peter and John there, two of the apostles. And as soon as they arrived they prayed for these uh, new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. So they were, they were already believers. So they were new believers in Jesus. But they had not yet received this work of the Holy Spirit, this baptizing work of the Holy Spirit. And it says the Holy Spirit had not come, say it, come on everybody. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. In other words, they just didn't even know that this was even available to them. They'd heard about Jesus and were like, yes, we want to be forgiven. Yes, we want to walk in his grace and his mercy. Yes, we want to have eternal life in him. But Holy Spirit did not come upon any of them. Then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers and they received the Holy Spirit. But too many of us are living like Samaritans before Peter and John showed up. Like we've got Jesus, but it's like we're still... right. We are still trying to do life in our own power. One of the things I love that we read about in Scripture is that when the Holy Spirit comes upon us in power, he brings gifts to us. And every gift, every spiritual gift is a different expression of God's miraculous power. Kind of like those things that we just talked about that they were doing in the book of Acts. Every gift is this unique and beautiful expression of the power of God. And next week we're going to be talking a little bit more about that. About walking in God's miraculous power. Why why would we want to do that? Why why is that important? I mean, it's pretty cool, but why, you know, we're gonna study that more next week, so I invite you to come back. But before we close, I wanna take the last minutes and talk about one gift in particular, because it's kind of a unique gift, and it's a gift that I believe that God has specifically given to us through his Holy Spirit for the purpose and power of rekindling Things in our life spiritually. And it's the gift of tongues. Like, tongues? Really? I mean, out of all the gifts, isn't that the one that's kind of a little bit different and strange? Hmm. It's like, I I, I don't know if I want to do that. It doesn't seem very cool. I mean to like babble on in words that I don't understand. I mean, doesn't that kind of sound a little childish? I mean, I want to do the cool stuff, right? If God's going to give me a gift, it's like, I want to heal some folk, right? I want to raise some people from the dead. (laughs) I want to prophesy, right? I want to do that. Speaking in tongues, what is that all about? I love um, Jerry Cook, who was a 4 score pastor for many years, was an author, wrote some amazing, amazing books. He's, he's passed away a few years ago, but just a great man of God. And he wrote a book called The Holy Spirit. And I love one of the things that, that Jerry wrote about the Holy Spirit. And we're going to put it up on the screen. He said this. He said, the Holy Spirit is able to give us a language by which we can speak directly and privately to God. It is a language no man, unders- or woman, right? It is a language no one understands, so it needs no interpretation. It is spirit to God, communication, and he understands it, Amen. oh. It is spirit to God communication. And he understands it. He goes on to say this, why is it surprising that God, would, uh, that, that God would design a way by which we could communicate to him or communicate directly with him? I mean, why would this be surprising? That he would give us this language gift to uh, communicate directly with them. It says his entire plan was a restoration of fellowship. Communication is essential to fellowship. And language is unique to God. He invented it and endowed us with the capability to use it and understand it. Man, I love those words and that explanation because it helps to, us to recognize this is a language gift. God is the author of language. He gave humans this unique ability to communicate. Can't other animals kind of like, raw, 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 you know, and kind of understand? Yeah, there's some languagey things that are happening, but I'll tell you, what God has given us for expression and response to one another and to him, it's unique among all species. We're different. God created and gifted us with the ability to utilize language. So why would it surprise us if he gave us a unique language that is directly tied to him? that we could speak directly and privately. I love that with him. Listen, the gift of tongues is mentioned a whole bunch in the book of Acts, but where it is really broken down in explanation is in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Paul is instructing the church in Corinth kind of about tongues and prophecy and the difference between them and the beauty of both and the power of both of those gifts. But I always want to draw as we close, I want to draw out three different highlights for us about this unique gift that I believe is directly tied to asking God to rekindle something of that miraculous expectation of, of his power in our lives. Here's three things that we read in 1 Corinthians 14. Number one, that, is that it, it is available to all believers. It's not like for the special ones. It ain't even for the mature ones. Like, oh man, someday maybe I'll have that gift of tongues. No, it's available for all believers. When you read through 1 Corinthians 14, what you discover is that Paul talks about it as the normal expectation for the church. Like, if you're in the church, if you're someone who's giving your life to Jesus, Paul just talks to you like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this is something, that you're gonna experience, and probably you know, most believers, in fact, it was in verse five that he said, now I want you all to speak in tongues. Now, he would not have said that if it weren't available for all to speak in tongues. So one, we find it's available for every believer. Number two, it's given to amplify our prayer life and our worship life. Tongues is this amplification. Like all of the gifts are, like I said, these unique expressions of God's power, his miraculous power. Tongues is a gift that is meant to just explode that in our lives, our prayer life and our worship life. Um, It was in verse 15 that, that Paul said, hey, I'm gonna pray with words of understanding and I'm gonna pray in the spirit. And he said, and I'm gonna worship with words of understanding and I'm gonna worship in the spirit. It's like this one-two punch. Like, I've got my mind, but guess what? And I can worship with it, I can pray using my own understanding in the natural. But guess what? Then God has given me this gift of tongues where now I can pray and worship in the spirit which is beyond my natural ability. It's beyond what I understand with my mind and my intellect. It is supernatural. And so God has given us this wonderful gift. Listen, I I talk about the gift of tongues, and especially when you think about prayer and worship, as like shifting gears. Shifting gears. What do you mean? Well, like in our natural When I pray with my own understanding, it's like praying in first gear, which is important. We all need first gear, right? So it's kind of like, get it into gear, and it's like. You know, if if you've ever driven a car with manual transmission, right, Chuck? You can only go so fast in first gear. You need other gears. And I believe that's why God's given us this gift of tongues because when you are praying with your understanding and you're kind of like, I'm winding this as hard as I can, Lord, I don't even know what else to pray. You know, I prayed for this, I prayed for that, I don't even know what else to pray. Utilizing that gift of tongues in prayer is like dropping the clutch and shifting to another gear, but it's a supernatural gear. And as we would pray in tongues, God understands it. It is that spirit to God communication that Pastor Jerry talked about so beautifully. So it's like shifting gears. And it's a higher gear. Because it's this gift of empowerment. And it empowers our prayer and our worship. The last thing Number three, and this, I think, really gets to the heart of this rekindling work that that, uh, tongues brings, is it builds our faith. It builds our faith. In verse four, Paul says that directly. He says, the one who speaks in tongues builds up himself. See, that prophetic gift really is for building up others, it's to encourage, it's to challenge, it's to motivate others. Tongues is this internalized gift that is given for you and for me internally, right? The, all the other gifts are to be used out there to bless other people, but God has given this one gift that is just for you. It is just given to you for this internal rekindling of what God would want to do in your life and in your spirit. Listen, when I pray in tongues, which I do, listen, I just gotta tell you, I pray in tongues daily. I can't say like Paul did in in 1 Corinthians 14 that I pray in tongues more than everybody because there may be some, lose you may be one of them. I don't know. There are people here that probably pray in tongues more than I do. Miss Cindy, maybe you do. But I pray in tongues a lot. I pray in tongues daily. I prayed in tongues this morning for you. Amen. And for this moment. Because I don't know, like in my intellect, I don't know exactly all the things that are going on in your story. I don't know. All the people online, there's a lot of you out there, and I don't know all the nuances of what's going on in your life and in your story, in your circumstance right now. I don't know where you have a stronghold that needs that divine power to break through, but God does. God knows. And so when I pray in the Spirit, is praying right for that, Need that I don't even know intellectually how to get after. God does. So I prayed in the Spirit for you this morning. And every time that I speak in tongues, I am reminded that I am not just stuck here in the natural. (laughs) That He has given me. Access to his power to empower my life, to empower my ministry, to empower who I am in him. And friends, I believe that we need that empowerment now more than ever. Have you been beat down over this last year? Have you experienced anxiety, depression, feeling like you've got that weighted blanket on you that's like, it ain't no 50 pound weighted blanket, it's like this 300 pound weighted blanket that everything I do is just so much work. Man, I felt that. I need the rekindling work of the Holy Spirit in my life. I need that. Listen, you may think like, man, what is he going to do? What's he about to do? He's freaking me out a little bit. Good. But listen, I'm not here to make you speak in tongues. I speak in tongues and I found the great joy and beauty and power in doing that. It has amplified, it has exploded over the years, my prayer life, my worship life. I desire that for you. And guess what? We are a Pentecostal church. Meaning that we believe everything shown to us in Scripture wasn't just for them, it's for us. Including the miraculous in every single gift. Even those that are a little challenging sometimes to get our minds wrapped around because they are supernatural. But I'm not here to like twist anybody's arm. I'm not here to like make you do something that you're not comfortable with. I believe that in your story, as you continue to press into the things of the Lord and open yourself up to that baptizing upon work of the Holy Spirit, that he's going to give you a desire for all of his gifts. And you're going to say, I want, I need that, I so, I crave it. And guess what? I believe you're going to receive that gift and release that gift. Before I pray for us, some of you may just be even wondering about this gift of tongues and it's like, man, this is kind of new to me. Maybe it's really new to you. And you're like, how would I, I don't even know what I would do. How, How do I release that gift? And I think there's a lot of confusion about that because people right, like, or like, what do I do? Like, do I, you know, and God's gonna like reach down and somehow grab my mouth and move it around, take my tongue, wiggle it around, and say, like, no, God's not gonna do that. You have to release it. Yeah, true. We understand that about all the other gifts, right? If God were to give you a prophetic word, image, picture for someone, and like, you actually then would have to make a choice am I going to release that gift and speak it to that person who I believe that God gave it to me for? Or am I just gonna sit on it? Button up my lips, I'm not gonna release it. I'm not gonna say nothing. Listen, that's your choice. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul was really clear about that because he said, like, the spirit of prophecy is subject to the prophet. Meaning like, God does not take control over you and make you do it. You have to release it. And so I really believe that the gift of tongues is the same way. God's told us that this is one of the gifts available to all those who the Holy Spirit has come upon. It's for all believers. If you desire this gift, here's my recommendation. Praise God. Worship him with your understanding. And then shift gears. And say, God, I'm gonna just, even as I've been, Worshipping you in my understanding. Maybe that's in English, maybe it's in Spanish, maybe it's in Tagalog or some other beautiful language. Wonderful. Use your natural understanding to worship him. And then just say, God, I'm just going to continue worshiping with whatever you would prompt in my spirit. And I'm just going to use whatever it is. I don't care what it sounds like. It'll probably sound a little childish as we shift gears from the natural to the supernatural. We're gonna just give opportunity for that in a few moments. If you'd like to do that, we're gonna worship with a song, we're gonna worship with our understanding for just a moment, and then we're just gonna invite you, and Kaylin says, I just invite you to switch gears. We're just going to just release that gift of tongues as worship to the Lord. Just as Paul described in 1 Corinthians 14. If you already have that gift, I just ask that you just lift your voice, sing out in tongues, because guess what? It's gonna make a whole lot more comfortable for those who are like, man, I don't know. I don't even know what that sound could sound like. Well, you're gonna have that model just a little bit for you. But before we do that, can I just pray for God's empowerment for that baptizing work of the Spirit. You say, man, I've already been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Well, bless the Lord, maybe you need a re-baptizing. Maybe you need a rekindling of the upon work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Let's pray for that. Maybe you just wanna open your hands like you're receiving a gift. Maybe you want to lift your chin and your eyes towards heaven. Just ready to receive. And God, now I pray. Lord, I pray it for myself and I pray it for my friends who are here. I pray it for my friends online. God, I pray for the very thing that you communicated to your early disciples, your first disciples in the first chapter of Acts. God, that the Holy Spirit would come and would baptize us today. That there would be this upon empowerment that goes somehow different and beyond just receiving you internally. There's this upon baptizing work. Like we know what it looks like when someone is baptized in water because that water is all upon them. God, we pray for that to happen supernaturally and by the Holy Spirit, that there would be that baptizing work right now, right now, Lord, of everyone who would say, God, I want more of you. I want all that you have for my life. Lord, rekindle in me that expectation, Lord, for the power of God, not just the forgiveness of God, but his power. And it is available to you. It is available right now. So God, we thank you. Would you thank him for his Holy Spirit? Would you thank him? Lift your voices, church. Thank you, Lord, for the baptizing work of the Spirit in our lives, in our stories. Thank you that it wasn't just for those first disciples, but your promise was, it was for all. For all who put our trust in you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And now we're just going to conclude with a song. I would encourage you all to stand. Because there's something about just kind of freeing ourselves up. Finding a posture of praise. If it's on your feet, great. If it's on your face before the Lord, do it. it's getting on your knees, take that posture. But let's just worship for a moment with our understanding in whatever language is your first language. And then Kaylin's gonna just instruct us to just switch gears. And let's just release this beautiful gift of tongues this morning. I believe it's gonna rekindle and empower us in all kinds of new, beautiful ways. Yes. Oh, yeah. We're going to sing, I will believe for greater things. Sing this with us. <sighs> and I will believe for greater things. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise. Let all the agree. there's no power like the power of jesus let faith arise
1: let all
0: agree there's no power like the power of jesus all right church let's switch gears release the gift of tongues upon us and through us. God, thank you, Lord, for your work here this morning. God, thank you that it ain't just for this morning. This is for our everyday living in empowerment in our lives. I invite our prayer team to come forward with Pastor Lisa. If you want to receive prayer today, do not leave without it. Maybe you want someone just to like lay hands on you like we read about in Acts 8 for that empowering work of the Holy Spirit. You don't need someone to lay hands on you. We see in other places in the book of Acts where the Holy Spirit just fell upon people. Nobody needing to lay hands or touch, but maybe God is calling for something of your faith to step out and ask for that. Maybe you want to see gifts released in your life. Those are available for you today. If you're online and you have questions or you want someone to pray with you in person, listen, we'll call you anywhere in the world. Reach out to us online at sm4.org. You'll find our contact page where you can just say, hey, would you pray with me about this particular matter? But we are believing for the miraculous breakthrough work of God May you walk in a, this week out rekindled in the expectation of God working in power in your life and in your story. We love you, church. We'll see you again next week.